0: What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Nurse Ree, and you're tuning in to Forensic Nurse Files. This is an informative but fun true crime podcast that follows the careers of three forensic nurse examiners. You just want to note that this podcast uses foul language, some sarcasm, and contains descriptions of adult themes and violence that some people may find disturbing. So if you need support, please check the show notes or visit our website.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our Forensic Nurse Files podcast. This is Ellie, and I'm here tonight with my girls, Brie and Joy. Hey. Brie, Brie. What's Bri. up,
0: everybody?
1: Here we are. Brie,
0: Brie. I think I was thinking tomato, about cheese. I was thinking about cheese. Brie.
1: was hungry. <laughs> I I was, think, I was thinking about
0: having a, some baked Brie with a glass of mm, chardonnay i'm a freaking cheese fanatic so i'm here i that.
2: love cheese Cheese and i mm.
0: we go way <laughs> back Been through some we
2: together go, cheese was there know, for me at the
0: hardest points of my life Yeah. some people have beer bellies i have a cheese belly
1: yeah me and cheese we go way back you know last week we talked it we Talked about domestic violence, and we decided that there was way too much for just one episode. So we kind of separated it. And last week, we talked more about, you know, intimate partner violence and more geared towards the woman as the victim. So tonight, we're going to change it up and we're going to talk about uh, violence against men, intimate partner violence, other forms of violence. It's kind of crazy. Like you think like people think, you know, that, um, you know, I don't know, for some reason they think that men re- really aren't victims, but nearly a quarter of men that were surveyed reported some
0: form of sexual violence in their lifetime, which absolutely blows me away.
1: That is a big
2: number it's a huge number
0: wild statistic and i feel like that we it's not talked about because society tells us that men are not they're not victims they're the aggressors that's what we're fed constantly and so i think that that's a big reason that we don't hear about violence against men yeah yeah it's really sad that
2: yeah it's really sad that
0: it goes unreported specifically because of that right that's what i'm saying and so approximately one in ten men in the united states that's a huge number so like 10%, they experienced contact sexual violence, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner during their entire lifetime, which is
1: crazy. I mean, honestly, I think the stalking number should be a little bit higher because like, let's, let's raise your hand here. How many of you know somebody who followed somebody, you know, a woman that followed a man, you know? Kind of see where they're mm-hmm. at, check them out.
0: Right? Popped up at their job, popped up at their house, uninvited. Like Internet. C- not okay. Internet
1: creeping.
0: I would say it's more like. Oh, I'm an internet creep for sure. <laughs> 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 like, that's why I always say I should be a detective because I could, Just <laughs> I do could find some shit out.
1: <laughs> okay, so you guys yeah. are boring. I'll, I'll rent the car and put a wig on. And- Is that stalking? <laughs> We're investigating
0: i feel like that ties into your background though
1: (laughs) oh yeah that's true that's very true you know what i'm saying like girl it's not it's not stalking it's surveillance (laughs) the covert operation (laughs) that's exactly what a stalker would say (laughs) covert operation
2: (laughs) sometimes i think about how many men i know that have been uh abused and i just never knew Because they just don't report it, you know? Because that 1 in 10, I mean, think about it. Like, 1 in 10 men that we all know. So we all know, technically, with that statistic, we all know somebody, a
1: male that's been abused by a female or their partner. Personally, I think it's higher. I think it's higher than that, especially with the sexual abuse.
0: The 1 in 10 is reported. So think about how many go unreported.
1: Oh, that's right. This is just
2: reported especially the physical violence one. Like I feel like when like
1: women slap, hit, kick, punch, everyone just like laughs about it, you know? Well, I'm thinking more of like the sexual violence too. I mean, I think you're right with the physical, but there's so many people I've met, you know, throughout my life where, you know, someone was young, you know, not a you know grown man yet, but in their childhood years where they were um, sexually molested by their babysitter um, someone that they knew and trusted in their, in their, you know, everyday life. And, you know, it's so surprising to me that, you know, again, things that were never reported, they were discussed, you know, through friendships along the way. So I, that's why I think the number's so much higher and there's um, that humiliation associated with it. You know, what's that, you know, big, you know, suck it up, big boys don't cry, you know, Um, and they're afraid to report. I think it it masculinates them to some extent.
0: So when it comes to intimate partner violence and violence against men, there's rape and made to penetrate. And we're going to talk about both of those. And the CDC measures those as completely separate concepts.
2: Rape is any completed or attempted unwanted penetration of the victim through physical force or when the victim is unable to consent due to being too drunk high or drugged so also as a side note when we do our investigations or our uh, exams um if the victim is still too drunk or high um they can't even give consent to us so if the if she seems too drunk to say yes to an exam then we technically can't do one
1: right we have to wait until they're you know sober and not able to
2: he she sorry i said only she see you see like how society makes it i like Mm -hmm.
0: involuntarily
1: said she instead of he or she yeah yeah yeah
0: i do it all the time
1: yeah i think most (laughs) people do but you know um you know just a little side note on that so we have to wait for them to be you know sober and of sound mind to consent to an exam but on the flip side if they're not sober and they've, you know, have any type of substance or, you know, anything that could, you know, incapacitate them, they can't give consent to the suspect or the perpetrator either. So if, you know, somebody's drunk, a man or a woman is drunk or, you know, really high on drugs, they're not able to give consent. So at any time they can, they can say that wasn't consensual. And then now there's a potentially. Right. You know, and I know that we've talked about this before, but something to keep in mind with our patients, you know, they've already been violated, you know, their Mm -hmm. no has already been violated. And so we want to make sure that they consent. So going forward, you know, things are, you know, they're not feeling pressured into doing something or again, you know, taken advantage or violated another time, um, because it can seem like that. Mm -hmm. So, um. You know, it empowers them to, if they, to consent, to decide yes or no, they want an exam or they don't. And if they don't, they don't, but that's starting the empowerment Mm -hmm. for them to be able to move forward. You know, like it's their choice. They already, um, something already happened where they didn't really have a choice or they didn't have a choice. So it's important. So consent is super important. And without consent, it's pretty much, you know, thrown out. So there's no point. Consent is cool and mandatory repeat that i
0: was <laughs> waiting
2: for it i was <laughs>
0: waiting for it i'm yeah. like where's this joy <laughs> here i am
2: right here every every second i chant i'm like i'm gonna scream that in people's faces
1: joy you were talking about rape so the other one which is i don't think a lot of people have heard of this but the made to penetrate
2: i'm glad that you put this um that differentiates the two in here because um so the first definition was rape um versus made to penetrate which is going to be shortened to MTP, is when the victim is forced to or there is an attempt to make them sexually penetrate someone without consent as a result of physical force or when the victim is unable to consent due to being too high, too drunk, or drugged from their voluntary or involuntary use of alcohol or drugs. So it is when... um, So actually I heard about one of the stories that... A woman kidnapped a man and drove him out to the middle of the desert and coerced him to become erect. And then she raped him because, and I think that's one of, it, that's what this case is talking about, right? So that would be an example of Made to Penetrate.
0: When we talk about made to penetrate, my mind always goes to college because we hear a lot of college stories about mm-hmm. um, hazing, rape, yeah, hazing, all of that. And um, a lot of times, there are drugs and alcohol involved in those situations. And not to say that every case in college is a made to penetrate situation, because there are rapes. There are hundred mm-hmm. percent, like a lot of rapes that happen on college campuses. Oh yeah. But there's also a lot of peer pressure and a lot Mm of, um, like I said, drugs and alcohol. And Mm -hmm. you might not realize what you're doing in the moment.
2: Yeah, exactly. I've heard stories that have been set in like a college setting, a sorority fraternity setting that have physically made me sick. um, Mm -hmm. Because of how, like, I don't even know what the word I would describe it would be. Just how, how, I don't know, how crazy and, like, ruthless, some of these people think,
0: mm-hmm. to make other
2: people do these things. Yeah. So all it's of our so college kids,
0: please be careful. Please. Be careful, yeah. And I know, like, I feel like drinking is, like, a rite of passage in college, and I hate to say that. It's just, it like, really something is. that, like, goes hand in hand with it, but you really have to be safe with it, and you have to know your limits.
2: Yeah, and or that's... be around people that you trust
0: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so just be careful guys be
0: careful yeah be very careful because your life can be changed in the Mm -hmm. blink of an eye like you could lose everything
1: oh yeah yeah so we actually had a patient that was a it was um well it wasn't a male you know but it was a female who got jumped into a gang and uh, they have a choice in some of these uh, gangs um to either be, you know, physically jumped in or sexually jumped in. They they get a choice. So she chose to be sexually jumped into the gang. So she was, you know, for, so with that came, you know, sexual relations with multiple members of the gang. So you know, like you talk about college and hazing. There's also that other side, that gang initiation. Ooh, yeah. I never nice. thought about
0: that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, It was actually
1: pretty crazy. Um, and it's not the first time. And so the detectives mm-hmm. were saying that like, you know, she'll never, this happened to be a female and we're talking about males, but we're just bringing it in here. Um, she'll never get out. The only way she'll ever get out of that gang is if, is <laughs> if she gets killed because it's such a hardcore gang that's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much again about gangs. because I don't want to be in any trouble with any gangs, but just saying that it's hardcore, you know, these gr- these young men and young women are young and they don't realize that they've just, you know, put themselves in there for life. So yeah, it's kind of scary. I also
0: wonder about human trafficking and like how many men are forced into human trafficking and forced to maybe, make videos you know pornography mm. and like made to penetrate female like, or male victims
1: i'm sure there's a lot of them um, you know i would love to find we're gonna have to save that for another episode when we do our human yeah. trafficking yeah. episode, you, episode. you know differentiate episodes. between mm-hmm. men and women because i I, eat, I there are so many of them i am sure mm-hmm. um
0: yeah and we just don't hear about it
1: as much no, we, you know because- we get a lot of the human trafficking with the women you know in our area but mm-hmm. we, you know i have yet to see that what i know would be a man but we don't really look for it but we'll get maybe we'll do we'll definitely do an episode on that what do you think yeah yeah i think it's a good idea
2: to talk about because that's why honestly that's probably one of the reasons that this podcast exists is to talk about things that you normally wouldn't be able to hear um like real life stories and Mm -hmm. viewpoints about in society. So
0: it needs to be talked about,
1: you know, it does. And it's um just like the in the last, it was maybe like a week ago, a week, maybe it's two weeks now, you know, time just flies, but mm-hmm. there was a patient who was a victim of domestic violence, you know, not for the first time came in with the kids and just, just completely, it's just so sad because you could see how, how embarrassed it emasculates them. That's how they feel. You can tell they're so embarrassed to say that they're at the hospital with their two kids because they're a significant other. Um, in this case, a female, their wife, you know, beat basically just beat the crap out of them, you know, and it's mm-hmm. embarrassing. And it just, it, you know what? It breaks mm-hmm. my heart because you could see that they just, it's like they're stripped of all yeah. that they are as a man. That's what I see when I do yeah. see it. It's, To me, it goes both ways. It's that way for women, too. But it just feels a little bit different for some reason.
2: So, intimate partner violence. About one in three men experience contact, sexual abuse, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner during their lifetime. I think this one is off and it's wrong only because I think that number is bigger.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like we said before, these are only the ones that are reported. So, you know, this happens way more often way more and even that's big
2: one in three reported is still like Mm -hmm. one out of three men that you know so that's already a big number to look at and then if you take in consideration the ones that are unreported it's probably way more and i want to say physical violence also because like Mm -hmm. in society when a girl like slaps a man everyone just like laughs about it but that's physical true. violence, you guys. That's abuse, you true. guys.
0: Yeah, so. 100%, 100%. And like we said, stalking too, like popping up at someone's job, popping up at their house when you're not invited, like going, like yeah. those are all things that are not okay. And those are all things that I hear from my male friends that happens to them a lot, or yeah. that you see on TV, or that you read about.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, Exactly. Not okay. No, nope, not okay.
0: So, fifty-six percent of men who were victims of contact sexual violence, physical violence, and/or stalking by their intimate partner first experienced this by the age of twenty-five.
2: That's so young. young. That's young. young as fuck. That's super young. I remember one of the one of the cases I did. It was a domestic violence, so an intimate partner violence, but the victim was seventeen and the the suspect was, I believe, also seventeen. So they were both underage. And when she was doing the interview, she had told me that they were fighting in her room.
0: Like first they were
2: arguing and then she said she reached over and like slapped him. And then he tried to get up and leave. And she like stood in the doorway to prevent him from leaving. And he kind of like sh- tried to shove past her and she punched him. So in my head as she's talking, I mean, t- you very, I mean, technically abuse each other because she's very openly telling me that she hit him first mm-hmm. and then hit him back after he pushed or hit her. I can't remember what he did to you. But anyways, mm-hmm. that story ended with uh, he couldn't get out because she was standing in the way. So he jumped out of the window onto oh, the top shit. of the- <laughs> onto the top of the patio and I think if I remember correctly she said that he broke the window on the way out <laughs> I mean like not that that's funny No, he broke the window he on the way out, out for real. Yeah, he was trying to get out and I don't know and I'm not saying that he didn't feel this way but I don't know if he was scared for his life or just desperately wanted to get away from her because I mean I honestly believe that a lot of these abused men are scared for their lives because a lot of women are very scary and crazy too So I don't know if he did it just to get away from her or if he was afraid. Could be either or both. But he broke the window on the way out. I think she said there was, like, a patio landing. So he kind of, like, landed on that. Um, Hopped off of the patio onto, like, the ground. Rolled and then ran, hopped the fence and then left. And then right after he left. Yeah, right? Exactly. After he left, that's when she came to forensics. So that had just happened right before she came in. Damn. So, in great. my head, that was a, a lot. So, yeah, so when she was telling me the story in my head, I was like, okay, trying to figure out now, did we switch or is it both? Are you both victim? I mean, you both are victims, but mm-hmm. if I'm interviewing you, am I interviewing you now as a victim or as a suspect because you also hit him back and that also counts as abuse?
0: You know, I think that's a great story and a great example of what I wanted to talk about because in doing research, it shows that both men and women tend to be equally instigators in instances of intimate partner violence. And so, like we were saying before, society has thrown at us over and over again that men are the aggressors, men are bigger, men are to be feared, but in all reality, behind closed doors... Women are equally as aggressive as men when it comes to these intimate partner situations. You know, and like we said in the last episode, like emotions are high. And when your emotions are high, you just you're not thinking and you just react.
2: Exactly. Not at all thinking clearly or thinking straight or anything like that.
0: Right. And then you throw this young age into the mix. And Mm -hmm. once we get into risk factors, um, being young is one of those risk factors.
2: I didn't recognize how many risk factors were. And I've said it before, I think in the last episode, the, the was it the domestic violence episode that every case has a lot of layers. It's not just he was mean, she was mean, and then they abuse each other. No, there are these, the age, the background, the background is a big one, family history, um, genetics, also um, substance abuse, Mm-hmm. all of those things.
0: So when it comes to sexual violence, nearly one in four men experience some form of contact sexual violence in their lifetime. One in 14 in the US are made to penetrate someone during their lifetime. The one in four, these one in threes, one in fours, I'm like, that is so prevalent.
2: So the, the second one you read, the one in 14 men were made to penetrate someone. That is a very interesting... I don't want to say thought to have because, I I mean, I'm not thinking about the actual act of it, right? But when somebody coerces you to make your body respond in a way to penetrate them when you don't want to do that, it's Mm -hmm. honestly the same thing as women getting sexually penetrated by someone they don't want to be touched by. Mm -hmm. It's just the Mm -hmm. other way around. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people also will try to say like, oh, you can't get erect if you're not aroused but yeah you can you can you can you can mm-hmm. yeah because i feel like i've heard people say oh well he must have wanted to do it because he thought he was erect when he did it and you can't do you, your body doesn't respond that way unless you feel like it no
1: no mm-hmm.
2: so
0: and especially if there's drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or some other factor involved um mm-hmm. i know a lot of times with in my experience with like my friends that have been sexually assaulted um when there's drugs or alcohol involved you just wake up and maybe somebody's inside of you or Mm -hmm. you know and you you don't even realize Mm -hmm. Uh, the same thing can happen to a man they can be drunk high whatever and wake up and someone's on top of them
2: yeah which is really scary yeah no
0: that's it's terrifying
2: And the next statistic is more than more than one in 38 men in the U S experience completed or attempted rape victimization in their lifetime. Um, so that's going back to what we just talked about more than one in 38. I, like I said, I feel like these numbers are bigger Yeah, and they're just unreported. They have to be, I feel like these are just so much bigger than, than the ones we're looking at. Yeah.
0: Because in my, like, past two years as a forensic nurse examiner, I've done, I can't even count the amount of domestic violence or intimate partner violence against women cases that I've done, but I've done one against a man. Only one. What
2: was his story?
0: So he was at home with his wife and his wife's son. So it wasn't his biological son, it was his stepson. His wife, I think, had brought like another dog home, and he was just like, We already don't have the money for the three dogs that we have now. We're barely supporting ourselves. And so they got into an argument. Her son happened to be present, and he was saying that the son also doesn't work. So he was the breadwinner in the household and, Mm -hmm. and he was pretty much carrying the household you know he was the only one that was working the wife got upset and she started hitting him and then the son somehow was able to subdue the husband and like had his arms behind his back while the wife was beating him oh my gosh And so somehow he was able to break free. He ran down the street. He flagged someone down and got a ride to the ER.
2: That's, that's heavy, dude. Mm -hmm. Was he, did he have any, like, physical injuries on him?
0: He had bruises on his face. He had a black eye. He had scrapes on his chest and, Mm -hmm. like, abrasions on his arm.
2: Jeez. Do you remember where he got discharged to? Did he go back home?
0: I don't remember. That was the only one I had.
2: I never had one. I just have heard stories about other people, but no, I've never had one. Other than the prison one, the male-on-male one, but I don't think that was for sexual purposes. I think that one was for more mm-hmm. power purposes,
0: mm-hmm. which is yeah, still abuse. Yeah. I,
2: it's yeah. still abuse, but just yeah. in a different reason, for it, in a
0: different way. Right. I feel like our prison calls are, are hard, which we'll talk about more in our sexual assault Mm-hmm. episode but um, I don't know I never feel like well I only had to go to the prison twice so far but um, I feel like we never get the full story no yeah. it's it was a
2: crazy environment I mean not that the environment around me was crazy but it was just a surreal environment I feel like mm-hmm. um, in a surreal situation for me to be put for both of us to be put in like we're really here to examine yeah. people for sexual assault in this facility, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And when I did mine, I was gigantic. I was like eight months pregnant. Girl,
0: you crazy. It was like, I would call it, it for backup. I, Somebody else come do this.
2: <laughs> I know. I thought about it, but I don't know. I felt like I could do it. But the deputy was, I mean, I was never alone. Yeah. And but we'll talk about that later. It was a cool was that your first one? Mm-hmm. My first and only one so far. Uh, so. My
0: first one was a suspect, and um, they had to get a warrant for me to even be able to do it, and that was a whole experience.
2: Oh, I forgot a about that. Story. Oh, I can't wait to hear that story yeah. again when we talk about it. That was, I can't wait to there hear was that. Six That's officers
0: been. in the room. Yeah. Because that... he was not. Dang. That. dang. Yeah. That's crazy. That's... I know. I can't wait to hear what about that. What a wild job.
2: I know. Now that I think about it, we're all casual about it. Like, yeah. You had to go twice. I only had to go once. Oh, people man. are like, I ain't never doing that shit. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> you traumatizing what? ourselves. I know. <laughs> so to go in with that other uh, statistic, back to the statistics, um, among male victims of completed or attempted rape, about 71% first experienced such victimization prior to age 25. So the age again, yep. right? 25, mm-hmm. 25 is young, you guys. hmm I mean, we don't really... So young. So young. I wonder why... We don't even
0: know ourselves. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I was barely just a new nurse. Yeah, I think I was too. I was like fresh out of nursing school. Mm -hmm. Alright, let's talk about stalking.
2: So another thing about stalking is that when it's female stalking towards a male, it's funny, right? People think it's... Cute or funny or you know or whatever or you see all over Instagram and TikToks, um, like oh, she's crazy, like she's crazy. Oh my god, I'm so crazy. I went to his job and everyone just like laughs about it, and it's not that funny. It's really and then when serious, he, yeah. And then when when you know the men say she showed up at my work again, people will be like, oh my god, she did. Oh, she's fucking crazy. Like roll their yeah, eyes, brush in. it off, yeah. And then like go on with their days, like. I wonder how many men say that with actual fear, and people just laugh at them. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it could it because if it was backwards, right? He showed up in my job again. Oh man, you need a restraining order. But if she did
0: not yeah, it's like,
2: oh, that's how she is. She's she's insane like that. So, it's
0: harmless, yeah, yeah, it's
2: harmless. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I say that because I want male victims to be taken more seriously than they are. Mm -hmm. because that's the reason why I feel like these numbers are not accurate. They're Mm -hmm. bigger than we're actually reading them from. And the reason why men won't come forward because Mm -hmm. they have this fear of not being believed, which is really sad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Being believed, being laughed at, like you said, it's embarrassing and it's emasculating and Mm -hmm. no one should have to feel that way. Everyone should feel comfortable. There's just, Huge movement to support women right now and coming forward and um, express when you're being victimized against. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of time men just get like lost in the sauce. Like yeah, just, they do.
2: They do. It's
0: it's not fair.
2: Yeah. How many men feel what women feel when they get sexually assaulted? Women say that their power gets taken away. Well, that happens to men too. You know, mm-hmm. their power. and
0: men being. Falsely accused of being sexually, Mm -hmm. of being the aggressor of a sexual assault.
2: Yep. Yep, exactly. So that that happens a lot too. If you have a friend or someone that says anything like that to you, please take it seriously. Just believe them. Talk them through it. Support them. So Mm -hmm. stalking about one in 17 men in the U S were victims of stalking at some point in their lifetime. Like I said, I don't believe that. I think it's higher one in 17. I almost mm-hmm. want to say like one in four.
0: Yeah.
2: Because I feel like yeah. people that I know, I feel like I've hear, heard so many people be like, oh, I just, I went to his job or his his school or wherever. I just feel like I've heard mm-hmm. it personally more than one in seven. Mm-hmm. Two or two they eight.
0: yeah. They know you're going to be at like a restaurant or something and they just like show up coincidentally. So, uh,
1: yeah. You know, and there's so much volatility. You know, we talked about this last week, but you know, we're talking about you know, males as victims, but we were going to, you know, we're talking a lot about interpersonal violence. So a lot of these are people, they know relationships that they're in, right? Um, But Mm -hmm. I personally, I personally have known people who have access to a weapon, a gun, a firearm, um, because it's related to their job, who have had that moment of jealousy and rage, and they just have the ability to act on it. You know, at the moment, I've known someone that actually went to his ex-girlfriend's house, shot in the driveway, shot her, shot her new boyfriend and then himself killed them all. Someone I knew that was oh, a real, mm. that I would say was a really good person, Jeez. a really nice person. Yeah. They just snapped and I've seen it happen more than once. And it's just, you know, these situations are scary. Like working in, you know, you know, of course I worked in law enforcement. It was one of the scariest or the most dangerous, I should say, um, radio call you can get is domestic violence because of those mm-hmm. reasons we talked about last week, you know, but, um, but also in forensics, like we have to be, you know, most people that work in forensics, I think they they don't have a big sign on their door that says forensics. They're pretty like super undercover low key where, you know, where they work because, you know, suspects can come back. Maybe we have a, a victim of uh, intimate, vi- inter- you know, inter- intimate violence, domestic violence, whatever you want to call it, you know, in getting an exam and that it still could be hot, you know, the whole situation and that partner, can be looking for them. There's times we have to take them off, like, you know, make them, um, you know, I guess for everybody who's out there, you know, you can't call and know who the, you know, say is Jane Doe there because Jane Doe has no name on the tracker because for the safety of him or her, we have to keep it, um, you know, super, I don't know how to say it, you know, top secret. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: you know, for the safety
1: You know, there's been incidents where someone has walked into a into a hospital, you know, armed and you know, in one of those situations. So it is very volatile Mm -hmm. and something that we have to be super super, um, you know, mindful of. And the fear. Yeah,
0: I think that that ties into what you said on the last episode about domestic violence or intimate partner violence being the most dangerous call that an officer can go on. You know, um, it, it directly ties into that. These people will do whatever to find their victim and they will do whatever it takes to harm them. And so for the forensic units that are out there, they do have to be like super low key and locked down and not labeled and, and people have to not know, where they're located and where the victims are going just for that simple fact.
1: Right. And that's why, you know, restraining orders, Mm -hmm. you know, people get restraining orders, but here's the thing. Um, It's helpful, I guess, but a lot of the time, you know, there's not going to be anyone around when you need that Mm -hmm. restraining order to be enforced. Right. It takes time to call and for somebody to respond.
0: Right. And a lot of our patients that we see when law enforcement comes to see them in our office or brings them to us, they will issue an emergency protective order like yeah, which automatically, is, which
2: is really cool because I didn't know that that existed until I started working in forensics and they, the mm-hmm. law enforcement officer will literally call a judge and the judge will okay it. It's kind of like mm-hmm. taking orders from a doctor uh, over the phone. So we call the doctor, we tell them what's what's up, the doctor gives us orders, they have some sort of um, verification process. So like in most hospitals, it's either um, like the doctor has an ID number, or you can just type in his or her name, and then the order will push through. It's kind of the same thing as that law enforcement calling the judge. Uh, They'll explain the situation, the judge will say yes or no. They have some sort of verification.
1: What did they do? Because you've had to do that before, right? Um, No, not in a really long time. Like, I don't even remember. They would just get an emergency protective order. They'd go get one. And then they could use that for a certain amount of time before they had to Mm go, like, to court before the judge. They would have a judge sign a temporary. But then they would have to go get a permanent restraining order. Like, the Mm -hmm. X amount of time. I don't know how many days it is. That's not a long time. A few days. But what happens a lot of the time... They become null and void once that victim allows that person to come back, and so once there's, so, like, and it happens the all the time. Calls the person, yeah. or
0: yeah,
1: well, they'll have them come back. Well, we just you know they just hung out, and we just spent a couple nights together, but now I don't want them here anymore. It doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah, well, ties into yeah. what we were saying: how it takes at least seven times for the victim to leave,
2: and seven is a big number. Two
0: seven a is a huge
2: times.
1: number, and it escalates a lot. It usually escalates times.
0: So, nearly forty
2: one percent of male victims first experience stalking before age twenty five. What I wonder what it is about twenty five and younger.
0: I yeah, you know, maybe that's just a turning point where people start to mature a little bit more. I don't know.
2: That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say um, yeah, I, I think I grew up ever t- after twenty five, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> You're I'm right. Like, are we, girl? No, no, still no, trying to get there. No, still trying <laughs> to get there. What do I want to be when I grow up? I'm not really sure. I'll let you know. I'm on my way.
1: <laughs> but most of the perpetrators. So when it comes to sexual violence, there are male perpetrators, male on male, but the majority of the perpetrators on males, according to reportable, where these are reportable statistics. Uh, the females, the per- perpetrator. Females, the suspect. Mm-hmm. Not that it always yeah. is, but sometimes it is. Yeah. But we also have, like, you know, there's all the, uh, you know, we're talking about men this time, we talked about women, but we've got women on women, men on men, you know, because there's all types of, you know, situations or, you know, different Mm -hmm. um, preferences.
0: Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're talking about mainly, like, male and female, but the LGBTQ plus community experiences this, too. And I know that Mm -hmm. they're, like, for the men, like, homosexual men and transgender men um, are also reluctant to report because of the stigma and they don't want to bring any more um, stereotypes or negative images towards their community since there's already so many. Um, So they're very reluctant to report as well. Perpetrators are usually known to their victims. Um, So victims of stalking and sexual violence most often, um, they're a current or former partner or an acquaintance so someone you know. Exactly. Which makes sense.
2: Sex of the perpetrator depends on the type of violence. So, okay. depending
0: on if it's sexual violence or physical violence, <laughs> um, it can vary. So, when it comes to rape or unwanted sexual contact, um, most... Oh, they were mostly other men. Oh. Which... So I lo- like in my days, I loved going to the gay bar gay clubs like that was because they're fun, right? I feel mm-hmm. like that's the most fun I ever have, like when I used to go out all the time. But my male friends, my heterosexual male friends, mm-hmm. would be apprehensive to go to those clubs because they didn't want unwanted attention from other males.
2: Right. Women were mostly the perpetrators of intimate partner violence against men. Oh, uh, so both women and men stalk men, right? That's what this stat is saying. But women were mostly the perpetrators of intimate partner violence against men. You know, now that I think about this, I feel like I've known somebody whose wife cheated on him, right, with it with someone else, and that husband stalked that guy so he could beat him, beat his ass. So that's still counts yes. as stalking.
1: Yeah, stalking is mostly women. Perpetrators of um, surprise, surprise. Um, but but um actually, but it's not that too far off. This is what's super interesting that in um the statistics, um, I think we said before, forty-six percent of male victims reported being stalked by only female perpetrators, but forty-three percent um reported they were stalked only by male perpetrators. So it's kind of like neck and neck, which is kind of surprising to me. 8% report being stalked by both. Have you ever been stalked, either one of you? I have, yeah, same. I don't think yeah. so.
2: There was like a few times where one of my exes showed up at my job. Well, I mean, I guess that's shocking, right?
0: Mm-hmm. He just popped up.
2: Yeah, he just popped up. He was trying to, <laughs> he was trying to get money for me, and I kept telling him no, I was at work. And then he went to my work, and I was like, "That's cool, now leave." It's just because when people's- My ex roster, I, I, I guess I picked winners because
1: <laughs> your ex roster. <laughs>
0: you and me both girl oh. some real fucking winners
1: well it's like so violating though when you really think about it somebody's showing up at your work somebody's showing up at when you're out yeah, with like, your friends that's so violating yeah, yeah like they scary. took that
2: they took that choice from you you know you made a mm-hmm. choice to not see them today and they took that mm-hmm. away from you that's, and that's yeah.
1: not normal yeah that's a good way of putting it i never thought about it like taking a yeah. choice away
0: from you it just is super creepy yeah.
2: mm-hmm. it's so creepy when they just
0: happen to show up wherever you are emotions make people do like wild yeah. ass yeah. shit weird like,
2: shit. Like real yeah, weird shit. yeah. Like real weird shit
0: sexual violence stats all right so 87 percent of male victims of completed or attempted rape reported only male perpetrators whoa
2: of male victims of being made to penetrate reported only female perpetrators. That's crazy. That's crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes me think intimate partner situations, maybe they're being blackmailed into it financially. You know, like if you don't do this, bills aren't going to get paid or you're not going to get paid. Maybe it's a boss worker situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or the one we hear about the most, like, I'll tell everybody that you rape me. I'll tell everybody that you hit me. I'll tell Mm -hmm. every single
0: person. No one's gonna believe you. Right
2: there.
0: 82% of male victims of sexual coercion reported only female perpetrators. Sexual coercion. So that's kind of just like what you said. Yeah, maybe
2: it's more of like a, they manipulated them into becoming erect and then perform oral sex oral sexual assault maybe Mm -hmm. or like maybe um, oh yeah oral yeah or maybe like some sort of sexual molestation touching Mm -hmm. or taking pictures or you know things like that Mm -hmm.
0: these are high high
2: percentages yeah this one i feel like is pretty accurate but then like we say if you take in the unreported into account it's higher So, 53% of male victims of unwanted sexual contact reported only female perpetrators. And 48% of male victims of lifetime non-contact unwanted sexual experiences reported only male perpetrators. Let's piece that
0: one apart. Break it down. (laughs)
2: 48% of male victims of lifetime non-contact. So, non-contact meaning verbal sexual, harassment. sexual yeah, harassment. Like verbal harassment lifetime mm-hmm. so lifetime in their whole life okay 48 percent of male mm-hmm. victims in their whole life non-contact unwanted sexual experiences mm-hmm. yeah i want to say sexual harassment yeah, reported only male, male perpetrators Huh.
0: so unwanted sexual attention from a male wow just so about half
2: yeah so it is like
0: I think I feel like we said that at the beginning when we started talking about the stats that uh, or started talking about perpetrators they really are a mix of men and women. Yes. Yeah it's about 50 50. You know when I think about unwanted attention I think about maybe a man is not going to report it coming from a female because they might think it's playful or whatever but when it's a heterosexual man and it's coming from another man then they're more inclined to report it because it's maybe something that they don't want they think it's gross and um they just think it's something that shouldn't happen
2: and then 97 of men who experienced rape physical violence or stalking by an intimate partner had only female perpetrators so that's almost all huh
0: so that's a combination of
2: rape physical violence and stalking wow
0: So that wraps up part two of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and violence against men. We know that was a long one with a lot of information. So if you're still with us, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, stay safe.